0: Hello, everybody. Yeah. Are you ready to practice? <laughs> okay, we go. <laughs> oh.
1: Can you hear me? Yes, right at the back? Good. Okay, thank
0: you. So, oh, now, uh, uh, the deeper time.
1: So, Sayadaw is going to tell us about the practice of Satipatthana. Satipatthana is the practice of the four foundations of mindfulness.
0: <coughs> firstly,
1: firstly, what is meditation? He <coughs> like said, Meditation is the cultivation of the wholesome or good qualities in our mind. All of us have both good and unwholesome and unwholesome qualities of mind. But when we make the effort to cultivate wholesome qualities of mind, that is called meditation, any wholesome quality
0: of mind.
1: These qualities include not just awareness, but wisdom, faith, Effort right effort and um, stability of mind.
0: And now we And
1: if we practice the I don't know what you call them in English anymore, um, the metta karuna mudita and upekha, Does anyone need a translation in English? Put up your divine hand please. Abidings. Divine the f- divine abidings. abidings, thank you.
0: No, <laughs> <Yes>. amoha <laughs>
1: And if we practice um, the cultivation of non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion, that's also cultivating good, uh, those
0: qualities of mind.
1: So in um, Pali, the word for meditation is bhavana, and bhavana means cultivation. So whatever we're growing, cultiv- cultivating in our minds.
0: So the
1: and when we um practice a cultivation what we need to remember is that there's two elements involved in that cultivation there is the object upon which we um contemplate and then there's the mind that does the the observing or contemplation so when when he talks about meditation he likes to remind us that what, we're, what is really involved in the cultivation is the mind, the mental part. The mind is doing the work of um, trying to grow those good qualities of mind, not the object, not the thing that we observe. The things that we observe to as a contemplation, those things are always there. Um, they're called the six sense objects. They're the physical senses and things that happen in the mind. They're always there.
0: So, say, the reason we are I'm I'm
1: doing this meditation is because, he says, our minds don't have enough of some of these wholesome qualities. We don't have enough, for example, awareness. We don't have enough stability of mind. We don't have enough wisdom. We don't have enough faith and confidence and so on. And he says, that's why we're working to, to grow these qualities by working the
0: mind.
1: So when we do the practice of Satipatthana, because it's sati patana. We're using awareness as the lead. Awareness is what will lead the other qualities um, and and help to grow the other qualities.
0: When there is sati um, in the mind,
1: the mind, the other good qualities of mind have the opportunity to flourish in the mind. And that is why we're going to use awareness, sati, as the lead to, so to help
0: the other a a a a
1: So we're going to um, nurture nurture these qualities of mind give them plenty of space to grow plenty of you know, soil, good air water, whatever it's, is needed to grow
0: So I'm um, going
1: so, because we want these, these qualities of mind to be growing, i.e., he says, continuously present in the mind as long as possible, more than they usually are in our mind, he says, that's, that's how we're going to work. Yeah? We're going to try and be as mindful as possible, as continuously
0: as possible. He says,
1: so when we do the practice of Satipatthana, he he says, the main point is really about continuity or consistency. We want to make that our
0: goal.
1: In every moment, the mind arises and passes away. However, when the next mind arises, it inherits the qualities of the previous mind. So he says, in order to have certain qualities grow in our mind, we want to have them um, repeat in our mind over and over again. Then the inheritance that it passes on to the next mind is a stronger and stronger quality of whatever, stronger and stronger um, amount of whatever quality we are cultivating. And that is called the fulfilling of our paramis, or perfections. So so number one, he says, please remember that you are going to live with mindfulness. You are going to live
0: mindfully.
1: So the moment you wake up in the morning, you are living mindfully until you fall asleep.
0: You are living mindfully. Uh-huh.
1: But while you are trying to be so consistently mindfully living, he says, please remember not to become too tense. Don't put too much effort into it.
0: Uh, too much forcing into
1: it. He says, the reason is, if we force ourselves to do something, he says, generally when we force ourselves, too much exerting, um, it's usually the work of greed or aversion or delusion. And those qualities make us over-exert or try too hard. (coughs) When he says relax, he says... What he's trying to get us to relax is those defilements Uh, he's not telling us to relax our efforts he's asking us to relax the influence of greed aversion and delusion we always need right effort we always need enough um and but the only effort there needs to be is actually the intention to, remain, to try to have consistent practice.
0: I effort
1: he says the <coughs> problem we have with effort is that often greed, aversion, and delusion um, influence our effort, and then it becomes wrong effort.
0: I mm, I <coughs>
1: For example, if we're trying to get something out of the practice, we think that we sh- should be getting somewhere. He says, you'll notice that we start trying very hard because greed is starting to lead the practice. Sometimes something's happening and we think it shouldn't be happening and then we're trying very hard to fix it. And he said, that's actually aversion at work. And then again, we find ourselves trying too hard.
0: And then there's delusion. He says, when
1: there's delusion, um, he says, we either don't know how to practice, are not sure what to do, um, don't know how much effort we're putting in, and so on. And he says, then the result is either we put in too much effort, or we don't put in enough
0: effort.
1: So, when it comes to effort to remain continuous in mindfulness, he says there is, all, there is a need to check how much energy you're using to remain mindful uh, because of the, the sneakiness of the defilements.
0: Okay,
1: he says, let's try. A live demonstration now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: says, you know you're sitting? You recognize the feeling of sitting? Yes? You know you're breathing? You recognize you're breathing? There is
0: breathing?
1: <laughs> you recognize there is seeing? Seeing is happening?
0: Hmm? Yes?
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> when
1: did you start noticing that you were seeing
0: <laughs> now when he said so right yeah. yeah so
1: how much energy did you need to recognize that there was seeing happening no energy I
0: don't know. yeah little. that was a lot of love
1: so that's enough energy. Okay. Awareness, That's awareness.
0: The awareness, our
1: When we are aware of a sense door.
0: We're
1: aware of the um, object at the sense door. Um, he says, then we're aware.
0: Awareness, of the I say, lah,
1: so we don't have to exert a lot of energy to, to know, to
0: recognize, to be aware.
1: We really need to recognize this amount of effort. He says because when we, make the, when we make the determination to practice all day long, he says if we use too much energy, we can't keep it up all day long, day mm. after day. And you really need to practice all day long. You're going to live mindfully. He says, and if you use too much effort, then you're going to run out of energy too quickly,
0: too soon.
1: There are people, he says, they practice all day long, and then in the evening they feel really tired. So in the ah. evening, they find that they feel sleepy and they're sitting and stuff like that, or they really need to rest. He says the mind isn't able to to know things very clearly anymore.
0: So awareness uh, meaning of awareness
1: So you need to understand that awareness um, should not be like that.
0: Yeah. Awareness, So
1: just remember what awareness is in a very simple way he says awareness is not forgetting your own self and senses we have six sense doors we don't have
0: seven (laughs) (laughs) he says
1: to be aware that seeing is happening it doesn't require any, any energy, right? You feel it right now, that you're aware, seeing is happening, right?
0: <laughs>
1: is that tiring? You think you'll be tired doing that all day long?
0: <laughs> 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 Difficult? Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, he says, you can start practicing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, uh,
1: that's the second thing. The first thing was, you're going to live mindfully. The second thing is, not with too much effort.
0: No.
1: And then the third very important point for meditation is right
0: view.
1: When there is no right view, he says, then there is not the possibility to develop vipassana.
0: Yeah.
1: Some yogis ask him, so I'm aware of objects. Is that enough? Am I meditating? And he says, actually that's not enough. He says because we have to know what we are knowing. What is it? Right view.
0: Mm-hmm. So eksperienego, eksperien bermakam dahin senada.
1: So we need, we need to know how to regard the objects, how to have the right view of the objects and know how to think about them in the right way.
0: Uh, he
1: says, we can do one or either of these. He says, we, we can remember that um, the objects are just nature or that the objects are just that. They are objects. They are things that are being known by us. Yes? The experiences, the phenomena.
0: Yeah?
1: The experiences, the phenomena, anything that is being known, because of its position as that which is being known, it becomes an object.
0: you you
1: Whenever we experience something, he says, what we have to remind ourselves is that this is an object. I'm knowing this. It's not, this is a bad experience or this is a good experience. It's, this experience is being known. This experience is
0: an object.
1: You hear a sound. Is that good or bad?
0: Neutral.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hearing is just
0: hearing. (laughs) hearing is just hearing.
1: So we want to um, see things as they are. We want to regard things as they are. So what is being known is just to be known, not to be loved or hated, not to be desired or pushed away.
0: And it's
1: only when we remind ourselves, he says, that what is happening, what we're experiencing, the things that we're observing, the objects, um, are nature. We have to remind ourselves that they are their nature. They're doing what they're doing they are being seen or heard or whatever, experienced. He says we have to remind ourselves if we don't do that, he says then the mind goes into desiring and resisting, and, and then that lens of desiring and resisting distorts the
0: view. do diff-
1: the difference between one who is meditating and one who is not, he said, is that one who is, medi- who is not meditating, he says, every experience is then accompanied by desiring or resisting or delusion. He says, whereas um, for a meditator, the effort is being made to s- regard all this with the right view so that in every moment it's not greed, aversion, and delusion that's growing, but um
0: awareness and wisdom is growing. <laughs> Thank you.
1: He says, if you just look around ordinarily, he says, don't you notice that everybody is constantly, um, you know, pulling and pushing, loving and hating, desiring and resisting
0: it.
1: but if we recognize that there is hearing we've heard something and hearing is hearing he says then that's just it that's all it is he says then there's not the push not the pull not the liking and disliking
0: then
1: it's just an experience but he's going to ask you another question (laughs)
0: loud
1: and soft which is nicer Loud is nicer? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> 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 Which one better? Soft. Torah <laughs>
1: So whenever you hear a loud sound, what happens?
0: Aversion.
1: <laughs> and why is there aversion? He says, because in the initial thought there was wrong view. You've decided that soft is good. So then, loud is going to have to have a value, not good.
0: Once, we,
1: once there is an initial um, judgment that anything is good, then the other result will follow.
0: So, going to
1: so if there is a soft sound, a soft sound is heard. If there is a loud sound, a loud sound is heard. That's what it is. That is exactly what it is.
0: He says, if there was
1: something you really wanted to hear and it was soft, then you wouldn't like it, would you? <laughs> then you'd be annoyed because you couldn't hear it.
0: So, i
1: so it's really really very important to remind yourself yes please remind yourself as you're being mindful and if you notice um the mind judging to remind yourself this is as it is this experience is just nature is its nature so now consider the thinking mind is it good to have thoughts or not good to have thoughts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> some, some <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> <laughs> account
0: and to account. Ah, to is to is what
1: But thinking mind is nature. That is its nature. Its nature is to think.
0: Definition. Ah, single definition point nala. Ah, look paritama, one. Yeah. Single definition point nala. Think that the nature. In, in Pali, the
1: very definition of mind is that which can know and that which can think. So if there is mind, if you have a mind, then there's definitely going to be some thinking. <laughs> yeah. You can't run away
0: from it.
1: You can't run away from its nature. You can't stop
0: You can't stop it. He says
1: so when there is thinking mind. He says, um, mm. He says, "Don't judge it. It's neither good nor bad. Uh, remind yourself of what it is. It is the mind. It is nature. It is an object because you're knowing it."
0: The mm. Yeah.
1: In the Satipatthana it's actually spelt out that precisely. It says when the mind is thinking, be aware. N- recognize the mind is thinking. When the mind is still, recognize the mind is still. There is no judge no value given to either of them. There is just to be known. Uh, Your work is just to recognize this is happening now. What is happening uh, now?
0: Uh, you some
1: if we have the right view, anything that we are knowing leads to the development of samadhi, which is stability of mind and awareness, awareness
0: and more awareness. Okay.
1: And the very use use, yeah, um utilizing of these objects, of these experiences in order to develop awareness, stability of mind, samadhi, and wisdom, is what we call meditation.
0: So, not, not, pain <laughs>
1: he said he's going to ask you another question, but he doesn't need to, right? He said he was going to ask you about pain.
0: <laughs>
1: Which is good, pain or no pain? Pain is nature, someone
0: right. says. Right, okay. Right, he said. <laughs>
1: Yes, in fact, he says, if there is a body, there will
0: be pain. No
1: matter how comfortable you make yourself in any posture, even lying down, he says, if you remain still for long enough, it's going to become uncomfortable. That is the nature of the body. Why do you think it hurts? Why do you think pain begins? Why does the... For example, why does the leg hurt? It's a signal. a signal.
0: pain. He
1: says, if you think of it very simply, it's because there is a leg that it can hurt. (laughs)
0: Let me see.
1: If there was no leg, there would be no leg that is in pain. So if you don't want to hurt in the leg, what do you do? No, 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 no.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. He
1: says, but this is
0: the truth. This is the truth.
1: He says, there's no need to blame it on anybody, not the hardwood floors or anything else. He says, it's because you have a leg that it can hurt. (laughs)
0: So, I put yogi to Romyani, a tangye, a tuye, nara, nabalo, and yamshit.
1: He says, for most yogis, for most of us, um, we spend meditation um, wrestling with thoughts, pain, and sound. <laughs> <but, laughs> Or well, not the objects. We sp- spend our time wrestling with our emotions towards them. Yeah,
0: yeah these three.
1: But really, he, but really, he says, those objects, the sounds, the pain, the thoughts, they're not a problem. The problem is just our aversion towards them. That the is the real source. Liking and source. disliking. Yeah. This is yeah. a yeah. The liking and disliking, the initial...
0: And
1: why does the mind develop um, liking and disliking? He says because of wrong
0: view. And
1: that's why he says right view is so important. It's only when we have right view that it becomes easy, you know, meditation becomes enabled. If we want to understand the true nature of the objects that we experience, he says, it is only possible in a state of neutrality in the mind. Um, when the mind has liking or disliking, you know, um, attachment or aversion to the object, it never really sees the true nature of the object.
0: that the is not
1: um, so what he's trying to say is that awareness alone is not enough. You need to have awareness and wisdom, which is right view. Yeah? Together. Right. They need to work together.
0: Right view <laughs> my
1: Without right view, he says just awareness alone doesn't enable the mind to see the truth. Sometimes um, when there is not right view, we can even end up with wrong practice.
0: Wrong view right view machine, wrong view sheet, wrong view she wrong bright wrong somebody wrong effort blah blah.
1: Because view is a zero sum game. When there is no right view, there is already wrong view. And when there's wrong view then there will be some wrong practice going on.
0: Mm, wrong effort Wrong
1: effort will come. Yeah.
0: So right view uh we patana at right view are right views are nya ma Yeah.
1: So in the practice of vipassana, right view is very, very important. He says right view is
0: Wisdom. The application of wisdom.
1: So for this retreat, he says um, his main focus will be to teach us how to use our wisdom.
0: We're very good, he says we're
1: very good at using just effort, like Almost like a physical effort to to be mindful. Like we're very disciplined. We will do it. You know, but he says the, the the more subtle nuancing of using our own wisdom to help us to do that work of being aware. He says sometimes it takes quite a lot of talking about. <laughs> He says, so in the practice of meditation, it's very important to discuss practice, discuss the Dharma. It's very important to, to you know listen to the Dharma. Um, he says, using information about the Dharma together with our practice is very important for us to, to have that wisdom present when we're practicing.
0: So, do they are in
1: the end he says when we do any practice he says we're using things that we already know and we bring it to bear on the practice so the more we mo- know and the more we understand the more we can bring those um, bits of wisdom to bear on our practice and help mm. it grow
0: mm. So the khali Sinhadin, ding,
1: so sometimes he says while you're practicing if you need to think think, you need to think you need to think about how to do it right
0: sometimes
1: you can think about the practice you can think about the object you can think about awareness you can
0: and you can think about
1: the mind and the body You can think about, you know, where they belong in the practice and, and, you know, whether you're positioning it right or whatever. He says, you can think about how to practice OOPS. And um, that helps the practice. So So any kind of thinking that actually helps your um, awareness, that sort of thinking should be encouraged. Uh. In the Noble Eightfold Path, there is uh, one of the factors is samasangkapa. Samasankapa sama is also um, uh, translated as right thought. And, but the nature of Samasankapa is about uh, directed thought, i.e. the mind is directed, its attention is directed to the right object to the right thing. And that's Samasankhapa. So that's the third thing. Right view is very
0: important.
1: So all the things he's telling you is is right information. It's gonna go into your mind and you're going to use that while you practice when you begin practicing. While
0: uh, you Nature. nature, nature's i a nature ma
1: When he uses the word nature um sabhava in Pali. Nature means that there's, there's nothing personal about it.
0: Yeah? For, example, For example,
1: heat is just heat. Nobody is heat. Heat is just
0: heat. <laughs> and
1: in nature, there is no one, nobody nature is just nature.
0: Oh, nature so nature ma to to definition and dilo byawme. Nature ga cause and effect process. A jaw ju phit sin ko dabaw
1: In fact, what nature is is a process, a process of cause and effect unfolding. And um and that's what we call nature.
0: Mm. So, bawe pola pola
1: he says, so whatever you are experiencing, whatever is unfolding, he says, you have to regard it as nature. You have to want to understand its nature. And that is the view from which you want to
0: observe. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: So to summarize, he says, he said that continuity or living mindfully is important. He said that right effort, not putting in effort using greed, aversion, or delusion is important. And lastly, right
0: view. Mm.
1: He says, so although we talk a lot about the mind, he says there might be people, he says, who don't find it easy to um, recognize the mind. He says he doesn't, uh, he says sometimes people misunderstand because he talks so much about the mind that they're supposed to be watching the mind all the time. But that's not true.
0: Um, so,
1: for, uh, so if when you can't know the mind, he says you can begin again by just knowing um, sensations in the body. Start with normal things that you recognize because in body. The body
0: sensations are obvious. Because
1: body sensations are obvious, it's, it's, it helps you to maintain continuity of awareness
0: <coughs>
1: so, when you sit meditation, what will you observe? What shall we observe?
0: <laughs>
1: His teacher used to say, sit comfortably um, and watch whatever is obvious. So, <laughs> So you can choose what works for you. You can know the body as a whole and then notice what's most obvious and that might change from time to time. Um, Or if you already have, if your mind has a preference for resting on one object, you can allow it to do that and then recognize other things that come up from time to time. He won't choose an object for you. He says, let your mind choose what's suitable for itself. Which object do you think is better? (laughs) (laughs) He said, whatever helps you is the best object for you (laughs) in that moment.
0: Oh i but
1: he says remember that for med for meditation this way he says it needs to be an object that has come naturally to you um, it's not something that you're trying very hard to maintain
0: okay. um, <laughs>
1: He says, not to force an object to appear as well. For example, um, say you, if you can't notice the breath, then yeah. not to start breathing heavily to try and notice the breath.
0: Yeah, and slowly. <laughs> <little>. <laughs> yeah.
1: He says, for example, you hear a sound. What do you need to do? Your hearing is happening.
0: Do you need to
1: exert any energy to be hearing? No. So it's that natural awareness.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so he's trying to point out how we might be trying to watch the breath and then we're not able to because of something else but then we keep trying very hard to keep staying on the breath and then we start doing unnatural things to try and Make it obvious to ourselves.
0: Some people, they use rising falling. <laughs> like, <laughs> because they cannot see. Yeah. So yeah. So, <laughs> so, so. yeah. so,
1: whatever is really obvious is your object, yeah? Whether it's sounds or breath or whatever. He says, and if there's nothing, you're sitting, you can be aware that you're sitting. There are people
0: who... He have,
1: says he knows there are people who think I need to work with pain and then they sit in, pl- in positions that give them pain so that they can watch it.
0: He says... Mm.
1: He says really a meditation object should be natural.
0: Mm. So, uh,
1: not created.
0: I not and he says remember
1: he said at the beginning that the meditation is about the cultivation of the mind bit um, he says please remember that what you're trying to cultivate is awareness it's not the object that you're trying to cultivate. So you're not trying to make the breath remain there or the sound be this or or whatever. You're just trying to have awareness. So whatever you know, awareness is there.
0: Yeah. If, you,
1: if you know that the mind is thinking a lot, recognize that the mind is thinking a lot and there is awareness of it. If the mind is agitated, recognize the mind is agitated and there is awareness of it. He says, please don't try to quiet the mind.
0: Stop <laughs>
1: so we're not trying to change the objects. We're not trying to make it a good object. We're not trying to walk. He says, we're trying to be aware, for example.
0: So
1: we need to remember where the effort must lie. So it's we, in remembering the awareness.
0: We, we yeah, so what we're
1: trying to grow by being mindful. He says we're trying to be mindful continuously so that mindfulness, stability of mind, and wisdom will grow in the mind.
0: Yeah.
1: The objects are just stepping stones. They help the mind to be mindful, to grow its stability and its wisdom.
0: Whatever, right we, view know,
1: whatever we are knowing, when there is right view, then meditation is
0: happening.
1: So we all un- so do, do you think we will stop struggling this retreat with the thoughts, the sounds and the pain? <laughs> <laughs> no. And
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: And if the mind has a reaction. The mind will. It will have a version.
0: Um, then to recognize that there is a version. Yeah.
1: So for example, he says when there is pain, he says it's um, automatic. We can't avoid it. The mind will dislike the pain. He says, and when um, the aversion comes up, he says, what we want to recognize is the aversion. Um, observe the aversion, forget the pain. I
0: mean, as in, not forget the pain, as in... Yeah,
1: He says, it's just the pain will be there, but when there is aversion in the mind... It's not the right time to observe the pain directly because you'll be watching through the lens of aversion. So the thing that needs to be observed is the aversion itself. And so you need to put in that right view, remind yourself this is nature, and watch that aversion. Aversion is
0: nature.
1: And you watch the aversion for as long as it is possible for you. And if you find it's becoming too much aversion, it's getting difficult, he says, please make yourself comfortable. Change your posture so that the mind is not having to keep having aversion to the pain if it becomes out of hand.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: He says, some people think that if they move to make themselves comfortable when there's pain, then they're uh, indulging uh, greed, the the need for comfort. He says, "Um, but we're not going to use greed to move. He says, we are watching the aversion, and then we move at a time when we realize that if we don't make the mind comfortable now, uh, then we're in pain of growing the aversion in the mind. So we don't want to be cultivating aversion either. Yeah? So mm. that's using some
0: wisdom.
1: So right from the beginning, he said, meditation is the cultivating of the wholesome qualities of mind. So, if, so we're not going to allow unwholesome qualities to grow... Um, unchecked if we know that, that that possibility is there either,
0: yeah? Mm. That's,
1: that's when it becomes necessary. You must move at that time to make the mind
0: comfortable. Mm.
1: Not because of greed, not because of the desire for comfort, but because of the need to check the growing aversion in the mind.
0: Mm.
1: He says, when you walk, you can just know that you're walking.
0: Physical The
1: You can recognize uh, um, obvious sensations in the body while you're walking, movement and so on. Um, and then with time, you will notice how the mind is also participating in the walking.
0: The mind is also participating in the walking.
1: You'll always find that, you know, some minds are more obvious than others, like your feelings, emotions and your thoughts. When the mindfulness becomes continuous, you will also begin to notice that the mindfulness itself becomes something that you can observe.
0: So
1: Please also be mindful when you're eating. When we eat, all six sense doors are at work.
0: All six sense Mm objects.
1: So remember that seeing is a very valid object of meditation. If you want, you can sit with your eyes open and meditate as well.
0: Mm.
1: seeing is an object and we need to become skillful at this ob- at recognizing this object mm. is it the same to see and to look are they the same no what's the difference
0: intention, intention.
1: Mm. yeah so we focus attention mm. So when you look, you make an intention and you look, he says, don't you need to also recognize that? The intention and the looking,
0: yeah.
1: Every day, how much looking do we do? (laughs) How many times do we recognize that we're looking? (laughs) We hardly do it. (laughs) Or never.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: he says, never when we don't have anyone to tell us to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, he says, it's in the Satipatthana Sutta, it tells us to do all the five sense doors and to become skillful mm. at being aware of all the five sense or six sense
0: doors.
1: So, when you practice Vipassana meditation, he says, Closing the eyes is not important at all. Not essential. Because it's not the work of your eyes. It's the work of your mind.
0: Maybe
1: Maybe if you want to practice the uh, concentration techniques, you know, like Samatha, where you just pay attention to one object, to the exclusion of all others. If you want to do that sort of practice, yes, you will need to maybe close your
0: eyes. Because
1: when we close our eyes, the a lot of the attention of the mind goes to the eyes whether uh, open we are, the eye when to. we open the eyes, yeah, yeah uh-huh. when we open the eyes, a lot of the mind's attention goes to the eyes, so whether we're aware of it or not, some of the attention is is dispersed, so then you can't concentrate solely on one object if that is your
0: um, your goal.
1: So for Samatha meditation you might need that but for Vipassana meditation you don't need to
0: close your eyes. But you don't need to close, to close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he says,
1: a yogi said to him, he says he doesn't want to open his eyes when he meditates, and Sada said, "Why?" He said, if I open my eyes, then
0: my samadhi is gone." Sada said, "Then that's really bad samadhi. You can't <laughs> use it at all." Cannot use. No. do a tamari pia, do a concentration tamadi. you do. I do the you winye So say di Yeah. yeah.
1: He says, but the sort of um, concentration that person is after is that sort of exclusive attention to one object. And that's why he doesn't want to open his eyes. He says, "Um, yeah, but for vipassana, that's not necessary. We just need to have a settled mind. That's
0: all.
1: He says, we know that sound is an object. Why is it that it's difficult to know sight as an object?
0: He says,
1: just because
0: we like the practice.
1: If we practice a lot, he said. if we practice a lot, then it becomes very obvious. He says, in fact, the eye object is uh, the most obvious. We can't avoid it at all, all hours of the day. The moment we open our eyes, there it is. He says, if we make it a habit to recognize seeing whenever we open our eyes, he says, then, you know, it feels like awareness is there all the time.
0: Because your eyes are open.
1: So So do remember to recognize awareness of seeing and looking
0: as often as possible.
1: Because we don't do anything without looking first. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh.
1: He says, we've been, you know, observing our movements for so long, decades. Um, he says, why don't we start being aware of seeing and looking?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he said, put it together.
0: Uh, daily activity Bring it along. He says,
1: please pay more attention to um, awareness of daily activities of all movements out of your sitting.
0: Because
1: meditation is not just for the cushion.
0: It's, just, it's for every time. He
1: says meditation is not trying to sit. It's not trying to walk. It's not trying to eat. It's about trying to be aware. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: okay. So
1: he said he thinks enough that's enough for now. What do you think yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: he says too much, and it might start getting a bit messy
0: <laughs> <laughs> any,
1: any questions about practice
0: no okay, so whenever you are <laughs>
1: <laughs> really clear in your own mind about what you need to do yes okay
0: yeah. I have a how do i know that i put in the right amount of effort too much or too little
1: <laughs> 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 So the question was, how do I know that my m- mind is putting in too much effort or too little effort? And he says, you can feel, you, you can check how you're feeling. If you start becoming tense, you know you're putting in too much effort if you're becoming tie-in. And then when it's too little effort, you, you can sort of feel too. So you, you need to, to learn from your own experience as well. Feel your way through it.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: so Initially, he says, it's actually about knowing when it's too much, recognizing that, and then recognizing when it's too little. And that will help you to then balance slowly, like move in towards the center. So you, you can't avoid doing too much or doing too little.
0: Th- that's a, how you learn that that's too uh, much and uh, that's too uh, little. Uh,
1: so that's why we need to practice Continuously and we need to practice a lot so that we, rec- we begin to recognize whether we're practicing too hard or, um, or we're too relaxed. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Yes. Go right Over there. Do you recommend labeling?
0: If you're seeing, do you label seeing? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the <laughs> question, label, do label, you re-
1: recommend labeling when you're seeing? Do you la- label it seeing? And he says, no, it's not necessary to label it. Just recognize. That seeing is happening so ubiquitous. ubiquitous, huh? To <laughs> your, um, me na ni recognize He
0: says it's
1: just because we lack
0: practice. <laughs> <laughs> He says,
1: he says so often, I mean, our life, we're seeing all the time. We're never really recognizing the seeing. What we're doing is thinking about the things we see. We're thinking about the things we see. We're not just recognizing the concept, fact of seeing.
0: Concept yeah.
1: So we're usually looking at the concepts that you know there's a person there, the wall is blue, the, the trees are green, the bird is beautiful. We're not just recognizing that seeing is happening. There is seeing. So now we, we're interested in the inner nature of what's happening to this being, me, um, you know, that this, this phenomena called seeing is happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes, over there. I just wanted to clarify a little bit more the, the distinction between seeing and looking. I understand the intentionality, but is looking more um, affiliated with the cultivation of less person? Mm. Is, is that... Oh, okay. Uh, so the question is... Um, she wants to clarify seeing and looking. looking, not just about the intentionality, but also whether uh, looking um, seems to tend towards cultivating more unwholesome mind states. He says, um, when the mind is not looking, uh, looking means that it intends to pick out one of the objects in the view of our eyes, Right. Um, that's looking. When, when we're not actually picking out any particular object to look at, he says, seeing is always happening. Yes, It's <laughs> passive activity, <laughs> seeing. <laughs> he says, now if you look at him, if you just look, um, <laughs> 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 if you just look, he says, can you recognize that there is a looking happening? There's a focus of the attention, of, of the, the ability to see Onto one object, yes.
0: Okay, I'm looking at you. The child, yeah, seeing.
1: But when you look at one thing, you'll notice that everything else beside it is also being seen. So seeing is still happening even when we look, yes. Yes. Tama tumanire, huwa o erot chila lowe hu akudo pipo po mamia doa ula. Er,
0: kini tana cima. Right,
1: he says. And as for whether unwholesome, you know, qualities are um, are encouraged by, by looking, he says, um, only if we use the defilements to look. Uh, he says, yeah. When you look with awareness and understanding, yes, no defilements. Yeah. Yes. Um, maybe I'll do this one first. yeah. If we're trying to cultivate so wholesome how thoughts, how do we not be averse to unwholesome thoughts? Right. Mm. Okay. It's like if we have negative thinking mm. and we want to cultivate positive, how do we not push away? Push away, away. right. So, i to not are
0: don't pull
1: them, choose a yeah, oh, oh. Mm. Right, yeah. I understand now. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: okay, so do you
1: remember he said mm. Mm.
0: Yes, yeah. He Yes. says,
1: remember he said that when he talks about cultivation, there is. Uh, the object, and there is the mind. And remember that meditation is about the mind, cultivation of the mind and not the object, right? So when you're talking about experiencing an unwholesome thought, unwholesome thought becomes the object because you are knowing an unwholesome thought. And the cultivation is not of the thought, of, is not of the object, but of the mind, of the mind that's observing. So the good quality that you're cultivating is the quality of observation, is the mindfulness And if you bring in right view, remind yourself that an unwholesome thought that is being observed is just nature. He says, you're no longer giving um, fuel to the unwholesome thought. So you're not um, reacting to the unwholesome thought. So there's no more aversion to the aversion. Mm. Yes? And because of that, he says... There might be some momentum to the unwholesome thought, but because you're not feeding that momentum, it won't grow. So you observe it, but if, you're, if you have right view and there's mindfulness, what is growing is mindfulness, stability, and, and the wisdom and the right view. And that unwholesome thought that came will come with this momentum. When it runs out of steam, it'll go. So
0: but if we fuel exp- it, that, that, that's the Experience is the past condition. Yeah. Present moment, the present moment, the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. That experience of past karma effect.
1: Yeah. Whenever we have an experience he says remember that any experience in the present moment is um, is a result of past conditioning. It's a result of past conditioning. He says but in the present moment we can recondition the mind and the condi- and the reconditioning that we are working on is the development of awareness stability of mind and right view. So instead of judging the thought that's coming, which is being observed, present you work on.
0: on yeah. Yeah.
1: So you work on the right view, having the right view in the present moment, having the awareness and the stability of mind, and continuing to have that. He said, so that, um, you know, whatever, when there's right view, he says defilements eventually run out of steam. But if there's wrong view, he says it then feeds that, the momentum of the the object, and then that might carry on more. Okay, yes. What's the difference between moving from object to object as it presents itself? What is the difference between moving from object to object as it presents itself and and the monkey mind thua pyo le sik ka pyan ne ayon wo takhu bi takhu paw la na ne ti da ne
0: ba ka ba kware so <laughs> ga ma mm. ti bu twei chin na twei chin na twei da ti the monkey mind wa ti ni taw pyan ti ni ma ti de ti li de so lo ayon wo ti ni de the
1: monkey mind is unobserved the monkey mind is just doing its own thing but we don't know uh when you know what the mind is doing it's no longer a monkey mind. You're aware that the mind is doing this. Yeah. So I there is an awareness that you know the mind is being like a monkey, but there is awareness.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He says,
1: um, technically, you know, because the nature of the mind is to know, the mind actually knows everything. Um, but we're seldom aware that the mind is knowing things. And it's only when we bring up awareness, you know, when we like, become conscious of ourselves, that we notice all the things that the mind is knowing. <laughs>
0: ability yeah. 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 He says um you know when it comes to awareness um it's a it's
1: um it's a strange quality he says in the beginning you uh you're, when you start trying to be aware he says we'll we'll fe- we'll find that we're we'll try to be aware of one object and we will know one thing so maybe we're aware of breath or the way the body feels or something but when you settle into awareness you start to notice that oh while i'm knowing this you know sounds begin to be heard and then thoughts begin to be known, and then other sensations become. He says that's actually a sign that the awareness is becoming better. Because you're becoming more aware. Since we're trying to cultivate awareness, there is more awareness. So that, that's a good
0: sign. The awareness is, he, is strong.
1: He calls that awareness at work. Yeah, Awareness is working, it's sharp, it's strong, it's doing
0: something.
1: He says, so awareness is busy now. It's so busy doing its work. He says, then how can it just, you know, then the mind doesn't have, doesn't fritter. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some yogis find it,
1: um, um, dist- well, they don't like it. They think, uh, well, maybe from... Wrong information or whatever, but they think that that means that the mind is distracted when the mind is knowing more. Um, and so then they keep trying to get the mind to stay on one object because they think that the mind is being distracted. But he says, no, in fact, the mind is naturally growing in awareness because you have tra- been trying to be aware continuously. He said, so allow that. So it, it's just about repositioning the view so that the mind becomes more settled in that <laughs>
0: Yeah. He says, um,
1: maybe in a in a practice, um, where you you know, the goal is to just be aware of one object to the exclusion of all all others, he says then you know you do that sort of practice. But for the practice of vipassana, he says, um, vipassana is about understanding nature and everything is nature. So, you know, you want to be open to um, being aware of everything that comes up in the mind.
0: Mm.
1: The only reason the mind would feel that it's disturbing or distracting is if we have a prior or a preconceived idea that the mind should stay on one object. If we have this sort of idea, we think it's better if the mind stays on one object, he says, then the mind is going to be uncomfortable. And, but it's just we must always recognize that discomfort in the mind comes from some judgment that the mind has
0: yeah. he says it's
1: only going to be natural that you know if you're um, making this effort to be consciously aware of your mind and your body continuously through all your movements you sit you walk you move you, and you're just going to be knowing so many different things it's that going n- to open that up. N- natural. That's natural.
0: Yeah.
1: He says, just don't fight with the object. <laughs> so no, don't,
0: don't, complain whatever happened. don't
1: complain about the object. Remember that the object is a result. You're growing the mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, the back? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is okay, as long as the awareness is, is there. Yeah. I'm just going to repeat your question for the recording. Um, mm-hmm. So, in some retreats, everything is prescribed, like you sit a certain amount of time, walk a certain amount of time but inside us retreat um, we're not told how long to sit or walk we're just told to be mindful all the time, so she's saying if we sat for five minutes and then we walked and then we did anything, so long as we're aware all the time, we don't have to judge ourselves for sitting for however long or walking however long, is that right? Yes Mm -hmm. And Dua Atacha Sakania, amne time, amne elumuri lauta. He
0: says,
1: Yes, no need to judge yourself, just ask yourself, why do you do this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. He
1: says, He wants us to use our wisdom. To know why
0: we're doing it, what
1: whatever we do, we must know our uh, motivation. Yeah? Wh- wh- why are we doing it?
0: Yeah.
1: Why do you sit for fi- 45 minutes if you do? Schedule. Is it because of the schedule? Okay. <laughs> but then there's no wisdom, it's not coming from us.
0: That's
1: just listening to instructions. But we don't have a why we are doing it.
0: Yeah? Yeah.
1: Why, why not an hour? Why not half an hour? Why 45 minutes?
0: <laughs> you know?
1: yeah. He says it's not our wisdom. It's the wisdom of the person who is giving the instructions. But we need to have our wisdom. We must cultivate the strength inside us. This is meditation. Growing our wisdom. This is meditation. We must use it. Yes? And when we use it, it grows. Mm. Take it out, he said. (laughs) Yes?
0: Yes? Um, As awareness grows, um, is the mind aware of multiple objects at the same time? Or one object at a time but faster.
1: Okay, the question, as awareness go, grows, is the mind aware of multiple objects at a time or is it aware of more objects faster? Um <laughs> the decal line de ayo do la Both can happen. Just depends.
0: Oh <laughs>
1: like...
0: Yeah? It's like um,
1: martial arts, you know? It's like automatic reactions, you know? You can do things very fast <laughs> when you practice something. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, earlier uh, in Sai talk, he, he was talking about how the mind arises and then passes away, mm-hmm. but that was confusing because I know awareness can rise and pass away, but I thought the mind was always consistent in the background. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll just repeat the question. She <laughs> says, um, so earlier Sada had mentioned that the mind arises and passes away, when he was talking about um, mind mind. qualities being passed on to the next mind. She's confused because um, she thought awareness arises, and passes away, but the mind is like a background that r- always remains constant. um, um yeah, he says um, well in fact everything arises and passes away, but when you um, keep observing your mind, he says at some point you'll understand that for yourself. You'll see that for yourself that everything does. Come and go, including the black background. <laughs> Pia? Oh, yes. Yes? I can, can noticed in my experience that I can feel my way into the relaxed awareness continually. You can feel your way into the relaxed awareness, yes. When you ask your, can, the mind, how is the mind aware? You get overwhelmed. Like, how is the mind aware? How is the mind aware? How is the mind aware? The mind aware? Ah. Then I, then I can feel the overwhelm of it. Mm. Okay. Are you asking that continuously? Well, I'm trying to be... The, the awareness part feels relaxed. Yes. But you said it was relaxed. The awareness part,
0: like I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that. But
1: then when I try to bring in the wisdom aspect, I think it's the wisdom aspect of how is the mind aware of this knowing. Mm. Then I can get overwhelmed. Mm. Mm. Um the dia relax pinaro tina to lotina di lotina secca relax pinna twa any a po tummy the mm. di below the deet hani lumi. Yeah, he
0: says,
1: it's probably because that question is completely unnecessary at that time. Yeah, overwhelm sort of indicates. Yeah,
0: Yeah,
1: questions are only to be used judiciously, as needed. Not to be, uh, it's not
0: like yeah, it's not like
1: chanting, it's not like a mantra, it's (laughs) No, not transcendental. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> okay, so.
1: Okay. When are we going Tomorrow we see you, some of you. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Yeah, that's enough.
1: Sadu, sadu, sadu. Yeah,
0: hallucinaba. Come here,
1: little Thank you for listening.